Welcome to Arcade Attack. A retro gaming podcast for up to four players. Welcome to Arcade Attack. I'm your host, Rob, and with me are... Keith, hello. Kev, hello. And Adrian. Hello. Hello. (laughs) And today, we're going to be doing a themed episode. We're going to be talking about something that was big for about a few years. I say big. I'm probably being quite charitable. But uh, McDonald's games. There were quite a few McDonald's games came out in uh, the late 80s, early 90s. Anyone, uh, I'm guessing we all went, being that age, we all went to McDonald's around then? Still do, my friend, every day. <laughs> <laughs> nah, jokes. Poor you. <laughs> well, I used to love it as a kid. Did you love it enough to buy any games starring Did I buy, the characters? I didn't buy any, but I played plenty, so, yeah. Yeah, I've played a few McDonald's games, uh, and we're talking about it later, I'm sure, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Golden Arches. Yeah. And uh, anyway, to start off, I thought we'd uh, go through a quick history of uh, basically McDonald's advertising. Okay. Uh, the first branch of McDonald's opens in 1940, San Bernardino, California. And uh, it's pretty much a straightforward restaurant. I don't know if any of you have ever seen the Michael Keaton film. Haven't seen it, but I know the story very well. Yeah, basically uh, they start being franchised in the mid-50s once they've uh, organized the whole fast food kind of thing. Golden Arches come in 1962, and in 1965, they introduced Ronald McDonald. Well, Rob, you forgot to mention the man who cr- told the McDonald's brothers to become a franchise, Ray Kroc. But he isn't in any of the games, so I wasn't. I was going to skip over If he that. was, he'd be a crocodile, right? <laughs> <laughs> there actually is a crocodile who... No, I'm thinking of the Sega gang. Right. The Sonic gang, not so, McDonald land. Just to come back to this, are you telling me Ronald McDonald isn't a real person? Well, funny enough, um, the first Ronald McDonald <laughs> is not uh, the kind of not the Ronald McDonald we know. He, uh, if you watch the early adverts, we know and are terrified of. I am shocked at this. <laughs> oh, this <laughs> amazingly, this Mc- Ronald McDonald was scarier than oh, wow. the one you know. Is it a true fact that he was a vegetarian, the first ever Ronald McDonald? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's what I've heard. I don't quote <laughs> you me on that. You made that up. Just no, now. I've, no, I've heard the original Ronald McDonald, the actor or whatever he is. Well. Whatever he is or what the is. Clown. <laughs> Evil clown. I think he was a vegetarian, but again, I'm not, I can't verify that 100%. Um, well, you would be if you uh, worked for McDonald's, wouldn't you? Well, true. Well, all the early ads are actually up on YouTube if you want to check them out. And the first one on McDonald's appears to be um, just some crazy man who's made a costume out of discarded fast food <laughs> packaging. And uh, one of the early commercials, funny enough, is almost word for word the gutter scene in it. What? Seriously? What? Yeah. Like, seriously, uh, this kid sits sitting on the pavement and this guy, Ronald McDonald, appears in roller skates and goes, Hi, Jimmy. And he goes, 
<laughs> is he in the drain? <laughs> he goes, my dad, I'm not supposed to talk to strangers. And he goes, that's true, Jimmy, but I'm not a stranger. I'm Ronald McDonald, oh, the dancing clown. Creepy. And, th- and then he, like, he makes hamburgers appear out of thin air. And the great thing about that, well, one of the great things about that is kills that... Kills the child? Or, yeah. <laughs> no, but basically the hamburgers are t- all squashed and anemic, like real McDonald's burgers. <laughs> well, instead no, of well, the ones they're they're advertising the real food, aren't That they? is truthful advertising. Yeah. I'm, I'm liking the sound of this a little bit more. So anyways, time goes on. Uh, the modern day version of Ronald develops. In the early 70s, we get some other characters. and the oh. pl- Hamburglar. Yes, Hamburglar is one of those. And um, the na- what's the name of the place they live? Is it McDonald Land? Correct. Yay. And yeah, apart from Hamburglar, we have Grimace, the big purple monster thing. Yeah. And we have Birdie, who came a bit later, because apparently introduced to uh, advertise the breakfast menu. The early uh, bird. Oh, okay. And we have uh, a lot of like little kind of things with, I don't know, little... They're called the Fry Guys, and I guess they were called the Fry Kids, because they had to put some girls in the group. But... um. I don't know what they are. Do you know what I suspect they are? I suspect if they're the kids who are in the McDonald Land adverts, if they stay in McDonald Land, they get turned into that. <laughs> Probably. Or, or, pos- or maybe they're just an old an old batch of chicken nuggets that's fallen behind a fridge for like 10 years and well, mutated, mutated yeah. into these weird fry kids. That's maybe. My, yeah. What I'm wondering is, whatever happened to the king of Hamburger Land or McDonald Land? May McCheese. May McCheese. <laughs> <laughs> Was that the king? Surely Ronald he is was the their king. elected representative. Ah, what happened to the Burger King, though? That's a different story. That's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Burger King games, can you yeah. imagine? Uh, so, yeah, like a uh, few kind of interesting things about uh, these characters. They were all obviously voiced by real actors uh, or played by real actors in some cases. Hamburglar was uh, played by Jerry Maron, the last uh, surviving munchkin from The Wizard of Oz. That is a good fact. Mm. I like that. Grimace. Uh, voiced by Lenny Weinrib, who did Inch High Private Eye and Scrappy Doo. Wow. Can and you do a Scrappy Doo <laughs> impression, please, Rolf? I don't want to do a oh, Scrappy okay. Doo impression. <laughs> but uh, also, he was a fun fact he was the creator of a TV sh- show called HR Puff and Stuff, which actually successfully sued McDonald's for ripping off basically everything from the show from, for McDonald Land. Or and Frank Welker, who is the voice of Pretty Abu from Aladdin yeah. and Nibbler and Megatron. Correct. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and Birdie was played by an actress called Russie Taylor, best known for her voices in The Simpsons, which include Martin and Uta <laughs> and Sherry and Terry. Wow. Anyway, uh, as we kind of come into the 80s, two big uh, McDonald's-related mishaps with advertising. The LA Olympics um, parodied an episode of The Simpsons, which I'm pretty sure we've all seen. The idea was that they were going to give out free Big Macs, Pfizer, Cokes whenever the USA wins an event. And then uh, Russia, USSR and all the Eastern Bloc countries boycotted it, leaving America to win pretty much everything. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> And then four years later, uh, not officially an advertising thing, but a film comes out called Mac and Me. There we go. Uh, we, I've seen <laughs> this film. I don't remember it very well, though. Um, has anyone not seen the film? I, I don't think I have. Imagine if I e- have, I remember literally nothing about Imagine it. Imagine E.T. on 10% of the budget and <laughs> yeah. really, really <laughs> oh, creepy dear. and yeah. filled with product placement for Coca-Cola and McDonald's. Okay. Apparently, McDonald's didn't actually fund it, but... Uh, some chari- it was associated with their charitable organization at some p- point. Like, they got rights to the film, and 
they got funding from Golden State Foods, which is like their main like service provider. So kind of connected, but not officially a, like a kind of advertising thing. But same year as Mac and Me comes out, 1988, we also have the first McDonald's game. Okay, so and this will be... And what platform the was NES the first game? one? Famicom. Yeah, Famicom. Not, the, yeah. not the NES. I don't think it was ever actually okay. released in this country. Because yeah. ah, the, the McDonald's games were on the NES, weren't they? Uh, one of them was, which we'll get to in a bit. But um, anyone want to venture a guess as to what the name of this game was? I'm going to just say Ronald McDonald. Or is this the kids one? No. Okay. No. It was called Donaldland. Right. And does anyone want to th- has a guess and why it's called Donaldland? Is it to do with it being released in Japan? Yes. Is it because they said they wanted a clown to be the the feature and they misinterpreted it and put Donald Trump? Well, thought, ah, Ronald McDonald is the lead character, but the actual reason is that Ronald McDonald isn't called Ronald McDonald in Japan. He's called Donald McDonald. <laughs> if you were, if your surname was McDonald and your parents called you Donald, would you be happy with that? I mean, I wouldn't be very happy with Ronald personally. <laughs> the reason is there is a, a Ronald McDonald who is actually very famous in Japan. He no. is, according to Wikipedia, he is the man who introduced the English language to Japan. What? <laughs> this is crazy stuff. <laughs> Thereby making him the third most famous Ronald McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> After the evil clown and um, Mac from It's Always Sunny. Right. Yeah, no, if only Dylan was <laughs> in here. <laughs> anyway, uh, comes out on Data East, uh, Japan only. Um like and the enemy basically it's a platform obviously all these games are platformers um the enemies are either some some kind of gangsters but also animals and occasionally uh malevolent trees okay although if they're malevolent you know they're in trouble right yeah well you know trees with bad faces so the vegetable is the enemy basically yeah and this oh, is actually well not only that uh ronald mcdonald beats enemies by throwing apples at them <laughs> right so instead of you yeah so <laughs> Well, you have to harvest them. And meat. to get energy, does he eat a hamburger? That's what I want to know. Uh, he collects golden M's. Like, the weird thing uh, is... Golden arches, you mean? Whatever. Um, the weird thing is that even though, like, these uh, games are on different platforms, they're made by different companies, the same kind of tropes pop up over and over again. Mm. Like, uh, basically, the enemies are usually animals... <laughs> or um, they're like evil trees. There's always like a, at least one level with basically a deforested forest, which, you know, <laughs> if you know about McDonald's business practices, it kind of... Again, it's quite true to real life, to be fair. Yeah, and um, anyway, like this game, I was it big in Japan? I couldn't really find much info on it. You but haven't played it personally then? No, but I watched uh, some clips of it on YouTube. It looked bad. It looked very bad. Like... There's a surprise. Bad, like fam, like bad for a Famicom platformer, not bad compared to like. I mean, not just bad compared to the later it, ones. It sounds quite unimaginative. It sounds just churn this game out, chuck a few McDonald's things in there, bish bash bosh. Yeah, I mean, to to, to be honest, though, you have to remember the objective of it, which was surely only advertising. Well, I think we're going to get on to that later on. Yeah, cause... because I would argue. Well, we'll come to that. But Lego, their games make a lot of money for them compared to the. Toy, well, the, you know, with alongside the toys, yeah, the Lego games are massive, and you wouldn't call that just for advertising their brand, mm. surely? Well, no, I would. Uh, it's kind mm. of advertising their uh, brand. I mean, it's, it's not just advertising; it's its own self-fulfilling 
product, mm-hmm. obviously. But um, it's uh, so slightly different with the McDonald's games. It's brand enhancement a bit as well. Yeah. But I mean, like the thing is with a lo- with at least a couple of these games, Donald Land seems like a game where it could have been literally anything, but they just kind of put the Ronald yeah, McDonald pasted it on there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, there's like an intro where the other characters are there, but I don't really feature prominently in the game. Um, okay, anyway, uh, that's the first McDonald's game, and then in 1991-1992, we get someone's already uh, mentioned it. Was that the McKids? It was MC Kids. MC Kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, get it right. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, in this country, it was it was actually called McDonald Land. Even though, as far as I'm aware, none of it, or maybe all of it takes place in McDonald Land. They aren't really that clear about it. But anyway, it comes out um, on the NES and the Game Boy uh, version, do the NES conversion. And Game Boy is done by Visual Concepts. Anyone know much about Why Visual Concepts? Why does that sound familiar? It rings a bell. Mm. I hit myself, aren't we? Um, their first big game, I believe, was Clay Fighter. Of course. <laughs> good game. <laughs> well, is it a good game? No. no. Do you know what? Well, that's one of the rarest games. I think it's Clay Fighter's the director's got on the N64. Hmm. I think it was a blockbuster exclusive. It goes in the hundreds, if not thousands now. It's a ridiculously rare game. And uh, it's a good game to own, then. Not a very good game to play, apparently. But a good game to own. <laughs> yeah. Probably a better game to sell. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think Earthworm Jim's yeah. in it as well. I'm just thinking, this is just off my head stuff now, but he's got some interesting characters, you know, but I'm not saying it's a good game anyway. Earthworm Jim is in the clay fight. I think that's, yes, I I'm sure I've heard that. In the director's yeah. cut, I think, yeah. Again, if I'm wrong, I apologise, but I think... I think you might be right. Hmm. But uh, yeah, apparently they ended up doing quite a lot of the uh, later Madden NHL NBA games as well. Okay. Um, well, well, you say they're called MC Kids. As in, like, you know, like, music scratching and stuff. Yeah, I think so. Like, oh, that's the M- a DJ. Oh, yeah. Mm. But, <laughs> would you, you rather know. be a DJ kid? What would you rather be? <laughs> DJ Boy, that was on the Mega Drive, and it was an arcade game. Oh, there you go. Side scrolling, beat him up on roller skates. Did they have, did they have there. hamburgers in it? It might have done. <laughs> cool. Okay, and carry on. <laughs> anyway, uh, Mac- I'm just going to call it McDonald Land because that's the version I know and used to play. And it was done apparently by four people in eight months. That's pretty quick for four people. Yeah. It's very quick. Yeah. And, you know, but it's a pretty, it's not a bad game. I mean, like, apparently two, one person did level design and graphics, one person did all the music and audio, and then two people did, like, the core of the programming. It, re- it reminds me of Action 52. I think they had about four people, <laughs> didn't they? But they had less time. They had about three months, didn't they? Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go back. They had to make 52 games, not one. I've just fact-checked Adrian's fact. Oh, no. It is a true fact. Oh. Which one? Earthworm Jim appeared in Clay Fighter, and it was called Clay Fighter 63 and a third. Mm. Oh, how witty. Anyway. Anyway, anyway, the plot of uh, McDonald Land is, oh yeah, and the MSC kids obviously are two kids, both wear blue t-shirts, black shorts, baseball caps. Uh, They sound like identical. How would you distinguish the two? Uh, Well, it's funny you say that because I did some brief research, but I can actually nail this. Uh, MC Kids, um, one of the characters, I believe Mick is black and Mac is white, or is it the other way around? Oh, now you're asking. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> and I researched this episode. It's <laughs> <laughs> on you, man. But uh, yeah, um, I could be wrong, but I believe, and if any listeners know different, um, I believe that Mick, I'm going to say Mick, is uh, possibly the first black lead character in a platform game. Wow. Wow. Well, credit to McDonald's for that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, interesting thing about uh, McDonald's advertising is always very kind of multiracial almost from the start, which, you know. That's a huge positive. Yeah, yeah, I mean, in the late 60s, early 70s. I'm just trying to think, why are you talking? I'm going to try and think of another one, but I can't actually. Well, prior to that. Yeah. <sighs> when was this release again, Rob? Mm, the screen says 1991, but uh, the internet says 1992. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, anyway, the plot of it is Hamburglar has stolen Ronald's magic bag. Right. He has a magic bag and Hamburglar has stolen it. You have to find puzzle cards for some reason. I don't know. Anyway, it's a platformer. It's a ripoff of Super Mario Three, like lot a proper ripoff. Like um, not not great <coughs> Guiana assisted ripoff, but still pretty big ripoff. I take it. There are like water and f- and like fire themed levels that you throw blocks. Like the map screen is almost identical to the one in Mario Three. Uh, there's like some puzzle elements in it. You can kind of f- the big thing is you can flip gravity to go upside down and then kind of go across the top of the screen. That's pretty cool. It's pretty good. It's not a bad game, really. No. no it does sound much more interesting and much more, well, ambitious than the first game you, you mentioned, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, it's it was, wasn't a bad NES game. Like like most of these games, it was kind of around a 70 to 85% kind of rating. Yeah, That's that's a good achievement for four, four dudes in eight months. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And uh, anyway, like, there's not really a plot. There's not a major villain or anything, I guess. you. The end boss is the magic bag itself. And uh, then you get... And there's some extra levels in Ronald's Puzzle World. It's <laughs> it's kind of getting there. You could pick up and play, but you probably wouldn't put the effort into finishing it. It's a bit samey. There was a lot of platformers on the NES as well, wasn't there? See, I kind of missed all of the McDonald's games when I was growing up. And it was only when I started collecting the stuff that I found out about the McDonald's games. And I immediately wanted one just because of the kind of advertising (laughs) cues to it. Um, But until this moment, I've not really actually heard much about the game. So it sounds quite good. (laughs) Well, well, the the big moneymaker, obviously, if we're talking McDonald's-related stuff, is the Happy Meal toys. Right. And I think recently they've joined up with Pokemon and and Mario. So there's there's some games-related stuff there. Yeah. Um, I think they're quite quite new contracts. But they're, they're massive, aren't they? Yeah, um, I mean, not Szechuan sauce expensive, but <laughs> but yeah, some of them have valuable. started to become quite collectible, though. Definitely. Yeah, my uh, my auntie actually collects them, and she's got I don't know, she's got every single one, but she's got all of them in the plastic ones. Hmm? Um, I I assume full sets for some of them could be worth a bit probably. of money. Yeah, probably. I'd be I, again, don't know for certain. I remember one I had as a kid. It was a uh, like a packet of fries that transformed into a robot. So it's like a Transformer, so yeah, I obviously course. loved that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and I forgot, the, like, the way, I think, Mick and, the reason Mick and Mac are assigned to Ronald get his magic bag is they're out camping. Okay. <laughs> At night, and... Uh, <laughs> and the clown <laughs> creeps up on them. Yeah. Again... <laughs> Was it Ronald or Donald? <laughs> it's Ronald. We're, it's Ronald. We're into McDonald. <laughs> we're into Ronald McDonald now. But yeah, again, recurring tropes. And, uh, yeah, 1992, uh, same year, we get the first 16-bit one, which is... Uh, global global Gladiators. Correct. Yeah. And um, I believe, I could be wrong, cause, but uh, I believe someone did an interview with him, so they should know. Was this Dave Perry's first uh, lead programming stint on a game? He was involved in this, wasn't he? Mm. he was he? No, he definitely was yeah, lead, yeah, but he worked, it. he'd worked um, on a Terminator for the Mega Drive before, but I don't know if he was actually... The lead on that. Who 
was it Adrian? Was it you, Adrian, who did the Dave Perry interview? Pressure. I yeah, I, Pressure. Did, I did talk to him. But I don't know if I actually asked him too much about McDonald's. I'm afraid. <laughs> Global Gladiators. Put my uh, hands up. <laughs> anyway, uh, Dave Perry's like kind of for. As far as we know, first lead uh, program in Stint in a game. And it's very much the Dave Perry 16-bit template, mm. if you played it like. I played it. It's a good game, actually. I, 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 for, I, you know, I forgot it was a McDonald's game. I thought it was a good, above-average platform. A sort of shooting game, isn't it? Run-and-gun sort of platformer. Yeah. And it was quite enjoyable. You know, I, I remember... I never actually owned it. I think I borrowed it off someone mm. for a while. Um, it's probably not a game I'd ever like to own personally really but which version did you have because it came out in the Amiga and the, and the Mega Drive and the Game Gear um, that's a good question I think it was in the Amiga that was the version I played funny enough yeah but looking at back like Mega Drive is very much the better version in terms of graphics mm. and sound like kind of lots of detail in the background that isn't there in the Amiga one um, I think the music is better on the Mega Drive as well yeah Tommy Tallarico yes who uh, we, I'm sure we will talk about in more detail <laughs> on a future podcast. I'm sure we will. Wow. I've always, yeah, we've spoken to him, haven't we? So yeah. go back a few episodes and you can listen to a good chat with the legend himself. The man himself. Yeah, Dave Perry's uh, go-to music guy, am I right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, there was a SNES version that was completed in beta but never actually released. And as you can imagine, very SNES-like color scheme. Hmm. Like Mega Drive is obviously kind of darker and more crisp, but the yeah. snare is much more colours. That's a bit unusual because when I, when I think of McDonald's palette. games, and especially the last two, Nintendo, weren't they? Really? Uh, uh, yeah. And you'd think maybe Nintendo's a bit more kid-friendly. You'd think that would be the first game. The SNES should be the first console to be made on your... That's your, true, but I suspect Virgin uh, may have been more involved with the Mega Drive at this point than the SNES uh, fair in point. terms of production. Like, I mean, I guess Cool Spot came out simultaneously, but, um, yeah, like early 90s, I think Virgin probably did more Mega Drive stuff. Mm. Uh, anyway, like, uh, what is the plot of Global Gladiators? Mick and Mac are sitting in a McDonald's, obviously, <laughs> reading uh, a comic called Global Gladiators. And one of them says, it would be really, something like, it would be really cool being a Global Gladiator. Oh, it would be, it would be a real blast. And Ronald McDonald appears out of the comic book. <laughs> yes. Wow. Like comic <clears throat> zone, the game. Yes, or like it. Uh, <laughs> More says, like it. Hey, if you want to blast, try this. And shoots them into the comic book where they can be global gladiators and presumably get hurt and or die. So this oh, is basically like Take On Me music video. <laughs> yeah, but less sexy, obviously. <laughs> More classy. Well, though. obviously. That was a pretty sexy music video. <laughs> Anyway, uh, like basically the plot, like as you were saying, run and gun. Uh, you, is there a two-player version of it? I don't know. I think maybe you can just choose to be no, one you character. Just pick, or the yeah, other. you just pick Mick or Mac. And uh, you basically run along and up and down levels, uh, shooting um, kind of gunge guns. It's the '90s, so gunge was big. At like uh, pollution. Mo- yeah, they're like slime monsters, and yeah, I don't know why that shooting more slime would <laughs> hurt them. But I've wondered that. You do that, and you destroy machines, and then um, the second level is a deforested forest, where you face <laughs> up against evil plants, enchanted axes, and chipmunks in construction hats who are throwing logs at you. Does it mean the chipmunks, the deforested, the bag? I, I don't know. It's destroyed their own habitat. They are evil, aren't they? <laughs> I, I blame the chipmunks for all the, the trees being knocked down recently, what do you reckon? I have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm confused by this deforested forest thing. So are you playing as a good guy trying to save the forest to the people who, who have, you know, lost their home and habitat attacking the, you? The politics of the game are quite unclear. They're like, basically... It's pro-recycling, I guess, in some yeah. really tenuous sense. 
and like just against pollution. It's basically it's sub Captain Planet in terms of <laughs> detail or meaning. Now yeah, that's a game. Enough. Now that's a game I put loads of time in the, on the Amiga Captain Planet. <laughs> it came bundled with my with the, the computer. Wow, it's one of those games you put in too much time that it probably deserved. But I played that to, to well, so many hours. I can't wait for the Captain Ooh. Planet podcast. <laughs> if I get enough, you know, people give Have me a demand. Stuff demand is going to come. <laughs> he is surely your hero, so you know. Well, exactly. He's take pollution down to zero. And I want to know more about this Duke Nukem character, the main the nemesis. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, as I was kind of saying earlier, very much. A, this is where the Dave Perry kind of template comes in in terms of mm. level design. Like not just kind of forwards and backwards, but up and down, lots of kind of lev- yeah. like levels jumping up to things. Uh, you kind of have to go back and forth across the level to reach certain things. And I th- think it probably works better in later games than it does here because especially the first level, there are a lot of kind of blind jumps, even if you're looking down. A lot. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you make the wrong blind jump, you drown in a pool of toxic waste yeah. and you lose yeah. a life. I did. I, got, I went back to it recently to give it a go ahead of the podcast and I did find it quite difficult. Yeah, I actually got off eBay for this and oh, yeah, played it a fair bit. And it's, Excellent. man, it's hard. Yeah. You bought the Mega Drive version? Yeah. How much that cost on eBay then? Um, I got it boxed with a manual. Five pounds. Not bad. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Then uh, I mentioned it to Dylan. He said, oh, you could just borrow it from me. <laughs> out of interest, can I ask, what were these games priced at at the time they came out? believe this, if my memory is correct, about 30 35 Yeah, it would have been. So they were charging full price for McDonald's games. It wasn't... Yeah. It, was yeah. a, it was a virgin platformer. You yeah, know, and I mean, it played well. It looked great. It sounded great. Yeah. I'm it a little bit surprised does. at that. As I say, like, I had no knowledge of these growing up but i kind of thought these were much more marketing based tools and were kind of done on the cheap so it surprises mm, me maybe these are full price. Mm, i don't know some sometimes but when we got to the 16-bit era especially licensed games were yeah. massive weren't they and do you know how much how much money would mcdonald's get out of each sale any ideas rob would virgin get a massive slice of course i don't know i mean this is really something i was going to come to at the end the okay, whole no, kind wait, of wait but uh yeah it's kind of going back to global get aids i think there are kind of there are four or five main levels like there's an industrialized city called Toxitown with like kind of uh, smoke biller and factories in the background. Maybe the kind of factories that make McDonald's wrappers. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe. Where, uh, evil garbage cans throw fire at you. Actually, like looks a lot like in terms of level design, you've got like all these girders like everywhere you're jumping on. Lots of chains with lights hanging down. Uh, kind of like a big cityscape in the background. Can you want to think of another Virgin game that came or out Cop around? Versus Terminator. Correct. Sounds exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the last level is an ice level, and uh, the, you have to fight an ice monster at the end boss. The the only boss in the entire game. One boss. Yeah, I I don't know. These sort of platform games, you expect at least one boss at the end of each level, or maybe sub-levels. Yeah, I think it can get a bit monotonous in terms of the gameplay. That's, I think, the main... That and the difficulty is really the main gripe mm. I'd have with it. It's another one where you run around collecting little M's as well, isn't it? I mean, like, maybe the only political content you would say in this game is that apparently pollution has been caused by, quote-unquote, mutants. Yes, because that's exactly what's happening yep. in the real world. Yeah. mutants. <laughs> yeah, if only we got... I've got another question. If you were a town, if you were making a new town and you're the town mayor and you had a choice to name your town, why would you call it Toxic Town? <laughs> it may have been a colloquial nickname. <laughs> Fair enough. Like the Windy City. <laughs> no, I just think it's a dodgy mayor, maybe. That's what I think. think uh, maybe this mayor really liked Toxic Waste. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I do as well. Maybe the mayor <laughs> should be the main boss at the end. What do you reckon? Maybe the mayor is a mutant. <laughs> yes. Anyway, like the end boss is um a big f- a face that's made of ice. I don't know what it's. <laughs> they're in a comic book, so maybe that's why none of it makes sense. Yeah, I suppose that's to get out. It's a comic. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm fairly intrigued by the fact that there's only one boss. So at the end of the levels, you, you're just playing through the level, and then you just move on to the next. Yeah, level. Ronald McDonald is waiting uh, at the end with a big finished checkered flag. He could have helped you a bit earlier. I know he's got a flag and he's giving you morale on the way. He could have got him chip in a bit earlier and help out. He's a magical being with sus- with suspicious intent. <laughs> with, with good flag-waving skills. I think Ronald might be a bit like Mr. Mixtlepix, whatever his name is. The, uh, the little kind know. of... The evil little um, man who is from another dimension who always turns up to uh, annoy Superman. So playing these games, do you uh, do you get happy when you see Ronald McDonald uh, at the end of the level and think, yeah, he's there helping me? Yes, I get that little twelve-year-old me gets a little endorphin boost by <laughs> seeing Ronald McDonald and associating with him with happiness. And he, do you know, he, he reminds me of the Dungeon Master in you know the cartoon Dungeon Master. Yeah. He just pops up, doesn't he? He actually does look a bit like Mister. <laughs> I know I pronounced it wrong, but Mister. His yeah. name is all consonants. <laughs> Just call him Dungeon Master. He's a short, also like a short man with long white hair. Maybe they. Oh, you mean go- Dungeons and Dragons? Oh, I do. Sorry, I do mean Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah I, I thought you that. did, and then you said Dungeon Master, and I got confused. But <laughs> yeah. okay, gotcha. he is a Dungeon Master. No, no, but he called the program Dungeon Master. As I did. Well. Sorry about That's that. All right, don't mind. Does uh, does <laughs> does it make you want to go and buy a burger as well? Um, well, this kind of came out where, like in 1993, when I was kind of like a peak McDonald's customer, <laughs> as I'm sure yeah, many we of us were. All were. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, like uh, 1993, speaking of which, we get the, uh, the next McDonald's game. Yeah, the, the future games, I never knew they existed. I, I have to say, Global Gladiators, I assume, was the last one. No, there was one afterwards called McDonald's Treasureland Adventure. And, um,. Like, can you guess why this is uh, a notable game? It's in the title. It's made by Treasure. Correct. The first game to be released by Treasure. Mm-hmm. Wow. So um, or possibly the second. I'm not really um, sure. It, did, it came after Gunstar Heroes, I think. To, yeah. Like, look at my notes. Two weeks after Gunstar Heroes. So we don't know whether they started doing this first. Okay. It's not as good as Gunstar Heroes. What? <laughs> Mm-hmm. So that was the last McDonald's game released. Yeah, um, it was last in the sixteen in the sixteen bit era. Okay. Uh, basically, a, yet another plat like platformer. Um, it's kind of got that uh, treasure look, pretty similar to kind of Dynamite Heady in terms of yeah. kind of the like the level design is and how it looks. Lots of like kind of squares and triangles. Mm. Lots of kind of bright colors. Uh, Ronald has like a kind of stretchy arm or something that he can use to grab onto handles and pull himself to up. Be a, like a magic scarf. Uh, is it? Maybe it is. Or maybe he's buddied up with Dal Sin maybe for a few months and learnt his stretchy arm skills. What do you reckon? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Moving on then. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, yeah, it's a scarf. Oh, interesting. So you can use it to latch onto higher levels and hooks and things. Anyway, the, uh, the plot of this one's a doozy. Like, uh, Ronald finds, Ronald's walking out in the forest one day and he finds a piece of paper under a tree. And because the piece of paper says treasure M, he, uh, thinks this is one part of a treasure map. So he thinks, you know, it's it's a fair assumption. 
So he goes around basically uh, beating the crap out of assorted <laughs> animals and to try and get the other pieces. Like these are me- it's meant to the way that like the game sets it up is like it's quote unquote villains who have the other pieces of the map. Boo. But like <laughs> these villains aren't attacking anyone. Uh, you know, they're just like minding their own business and Ronald just goes around punching like all these kind of things. Like in it, like in McDonald Land, they make the mis- they like say, "Oh, these animals have gone feral because of reasons." So <laughs> it's okay to like kick the crap out of snails or yeah, or like squirrels or whatever. But yeah, nothing about this in this game. And the first boss is an evil tomato. Yes, <laughs> good. <laughs> and uh, strangely, the villains in the second level are clowns. Ooh, but not clowns like Ronald, uh. circus clowns. The dom- the so demand for clowns has gone down, hasn't it, recently after the hit film? Well, that's because... Well, I think in general it's been going down the past two or three decades because... Mm. Well, apart from the recent stint of people dressing as clowns and jumping out on, like, people doing the school run. Yeah. Scary. We're talking about, you know, children's entertainers. But, well, yeah. the problem is that, like, all the clowns yeah. in popular culture are evil. Like, yeah. um, you know, Pennywise, obviously, the Joker. Um, Not Ronald McDonald. John Wayne Gacy. Nice, and Ronald McDonald, who um, suspiciously hangs... Suspiciously hangs around with children and may not make <laughs> McDonald's out of them in this fictional universe. We don't know. They don't tell us. <laughs> may or so, may not. So, so when I was a kid, my hi- um, uh, my parents hired a clown for my birthday one year, and okay. I had like, pretty much my entire class around. And you look at the photos of this, and it was the creepiest thing in the world. Oh, we want to see his pictures. Yeah, <laughs> this this guy, this clown, was so scary. Uh, I'm surprised I'm not scared of clowns now. Please, please give us a, get us a photo. We'll, get we'll, some put it, we'll tweet about it. Yeah. That's interesting because, like, obviously, kind of clowns are meant to be made up to look nice, and uh, but obviously, kind of the first evil clown to really enter pop- like popular culture was, I believe, John Wayne Gacy, the serial killer, uh, used to kind of. I'm going on a slight tangent here, but uh, he had a side kind Tangent's of stint good. as um, a, a kids' party entertainer, and he'd made up his own clown character. Wow. And you can actually look it up online, and interestingly enough, his makeup. Completely different to most other clowns. They have kind of like very rounded mouths and stuff. And his are all sharp. Like very kind of jagged mm. and man, he looks evil as hell. <laughs> wow. But uh, yeah, kind of side stint. Uh, anyway, he and uh, the, ev- the second level is an evil circus owner who's apparently captured Birdie and locked her up. As if that's an unreasonable thing to do to like a bird that can talk. <laughs> if you saw a... Well, some birds can talk, can't they? So... But well, a, a bird who dresses up in a dress. A, is it she a duck? I, yeah, I always thought she was a duck. That's when you were calling a birdie before. I thought it was a duck. Sure she is a bird a of of some unknown sort who dresses up <laughs> in clothes and talks. Keith, if you saw a duck waddling by in a dress and it was talking to you, would you try and grab it and steal it for your, for your own personal gains? Or would you let it go its merry way? I don't know. I'd probably just be frozen in shock. I don't know what I would do. I'd make friends with it and ask it to come live with me. <laughs> Your one-way ticket for, yeah, to make millions, right? Yeah, to fame. Yeah, I can buy a paddling pool for the talking duck. But Birdie doesn't really <laughs> seem to need water, so maybe she isn't a duck. Hmm. Um, anyway, <laughs> like uh, we were kind of... The treasure map turns out to be a map t- to the moon. So Ronald just decides he's going to go to the moon and start causing trouble, killing things all over the place there as well. <laughs> like, the game says that... oh. Aliens like have the treasure, but surely if Ronald is going there, he is the alien who's invading their planet. That's a good point. Well, you can't argue that. (laughs) Yeah, Kev, uh, 
nod in agreement there as well. <laughs> I, I did definitely nod in agreement. You can't hear a nod on the podcast, can you? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and the, I don't know. There seems to be kind of ongoing tropes in this game that McDonald's are responsible for the mass murder of animals and, you know, like they live in this in these kind of worlds where everything is being, trees are being cut down and so on. And um, possibly the first McDonald's game to actually... Uh, captured like uh, the whole kind of essence of McDonald's wa- um, wasn't actually a console game at all. It was um, called either Hamburger Tycoon or the McDonald's video game, and it was a flash game really? created in 2006 by, I'm going to pronounce this wrong as well, but uh, La Mole Industria, um, Italian culture jamming website that produces flash games to um, basically, uh, I guess you could say educate, but... Um, okay. Basically like anti-capitalist flash games. There's one called, I think, Faith Fighter. It's like a beat-em-up involving like um, major deities of major religions. (laughs) This sounds uh, quite concerning, to Mm. be honest. (laughs) And um, But anyway, this uh, was a flash game, the McDonald's video game, uh, where basically it's like, it is like Hamburg Tycoon. It's like a theme park kind of game where you have to cut down forests to grow crops. Corrupt, wow. i.e., bribe health officials, nutritionists, <laughs> politicians, and climatologists to kind of come on your side. And you uh, spend kind of money on marketing. You have to incentivize your staff by either giving them badges or um, firing them. So all of a sudden, it's gone realistic. This is good. Yeah. Promote ad campaigns saying uh, fat and protein are important. <laughs> wow. <laughs> As we all know, they are. D- right, really dumb question. This is no way endorsed by McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm not really sure. Because the thing is, McDonald's were very... Maybe not so much now. I think they may, may have been bitten by the whole McLibel thing. But in the 90s, they were actually famous for being incredibly litigious. Mm. You, if you were, say, a news program or whatever, you couldn't say anything bad about them. Otherwise, it'd stick the lawyers on you. And you'd have to end up um, apologizing to them. And actually, like while all the games like were being released, another kind of thing was going on with McDonald's in um, like the UK. I don't know if any of you are familiar with the McLibel trial. No, no. But everything. Every time you say "muck" in front of something, it sounds more important. So carry on. <laughs> Basically, um, a kind of short thing about McLibel trial. Uh, they sued some members of Greenpeace UK. Not actually a member of Greenpeace. They're like an offshoot organisation, panning out anti-McDonald's leaflets. And uh, two of them actually decided to fight in court. Two, I'd say, British heroes, Helen Steele and David Morris, decided to take them on in court. And this court case lasted seven years. Wow. In which time, because um, libel like laws in the UK, they had to prove that every single thing they said in the leaflet was factually correct. So they ended up caught like calling 180 witnesses, uh, basically to prove assertions about uh, food poisoning, unpaid overtime, misleading claims about how much McDonald's recycled. I'm getting this all off from Wikipedia. And corporate spies sent to infiltrate the ranks of London Greenpeace. Uh, which wow. is, and, and and I mean, this is where the big companies will get you because they've got the money to throw behind long, arduous court cases, right? Yes, but uh, it didn't really work out th- this way. Um, it took, as I say, it took seven years. Became a massive, like, uh, publicity black hole for McDonald's. They uh, tried to settle in 1995, and um, off, but like they, I think, offered to pay them fifty thousand pounds and call off the lawsuit if they stopped criticizing McDonald's in public and only did it to friends and family. <laughs> and their response was to say they would agree to that if McDonald's agreed to stop advertising and only recommended themselves to their friends or family. <laughs> nice. 
Yeah. You, you could argue they're global gladiators, couldn't you? Um, in what sense? As in they're looking after the world. Come on. <laughs> Why are these two people called Ronald and Donald by, by any chance? Because that would be really good. Uh, no, it's uh, Helen Steele and David Morris. Um, anyway, like they eventually lost in 1997, but appealed, like, appealed, got it reduced in 1999. And in 2005, after they'd taken it to the European Court of Human Rights, that court ruled the original case had breached uh, Article 6, right to a fair trial, and Article 10, the right to freedom of expression. And the UK government had to pay those two uh, almost £60,000 in compensation. So 15 years, they eventually won. Yeah. Well, it's good they didn't take the 50000 because they got 60000 right? Yeah. Uh, um, so it's that's why you're here, Kev. A long well, time. The maths like again. Nine years or something. Here for the maths. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, like, and also, interesting side point, talking about corporate spies. Mm. Uh, I don't know if they were corporate spies, but it later got revealed that um, two of the members were government spies. And part of the whole kind of undercover kind of court, like, British yeah, yeah. government, MI5 people. And uh, one of them actually had, like, a, had a romantic relationship with one of those as two. Wow. That, have they made a film about this? Or a I don't documentary know. Documentary or something? It's big got... It's, yeah. The potential for, for that, definitely. I, d- I don't know. But anyway, like... Watch that, your space. Mm. That was kind of a side tangent. But going back to, I think, to kind of to end this, there haven't really been any major McDonald's games, like, no. associated with the company in the last, I guess, 25 years. So, can I ask, um, how did these things sell? Like, what were the sales like? I believe... Um, McDonald Land slash MC Kids did all right. Global Gladiators did pretty well. Obviously, that success of that gave uh, Dave Perry more license to go on stuff like Cool Spot. Or like again, like very kind of much a licensed game kind mm. of thing. Cool Spot, Aladdin, yeah. Jungle Book, yeah. and so on. And 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 do I mean? Can we hazard a guess as to why other? big companies didn't do these games i mean i'm not aware maybe they did well this is the thing i wanted to end on we kind of we brought it up a couple of times earlier and the question i because i tried doing research over this mm. and i couldn't actually get a straight answer there wasn't actually any information that i can find as to whether these were actually licensed from mcdonald's or partially funded by mcdonald's okay because i mean you would think because it's it's advertising mm. like kind of brand enhancement mcdonald's would have possibly paid idea. money yeah. but on the other hand these were big characters then who yeah. were kind of getting their own TV mm. adverts it kind of makes sense to, that you would want to kind of build a game over it if you want to appeal to small children yeah if you're going to make a new platform game and you need, you need a character you use one that people know about yeah as opposed to like say Mr. Nuts or um, <laughs> <laughs> or Bubsy or <laughs> Zool don't say Zool Rob don't say Zool <laughs> <laughs> But um, I don't know. I, I couldn't really get... Does anyone have any theories? I mean, I don't know. I mean, thinking about it, McDonald's was the biggest thing at the time for kids, possibly, so far as advertising was concerned. Yeah. But, I mean, what other, what other companies would have been viable options? It's got to be, obviously... Uh Businesses aimed at children, or that that are kind of cool. Yeah, I'm, and Burger King's not really a character. I'm just thinking the the actual king. Maybe that could work. Well, there were kind of few well, that came they... out around this time. There was obviously Cool Spot, 
And, um, oh, from Seven Up, yeah. Yeah, and what was the name of the replacement for Cool Spider? Oh, also got his own game. Fido Dido. Correct, Fido yeah. Dido got his own game. Chester Cheeto, Chester Cheeto yes. got, I believe, not one but two, two games. games. Yep. Also, the the Quaver Dog, he, he had an Amiga game, didn't he? Did like, he? A puzzle game. He had to push the blocks. I can't remember what it's called. I've almost but... forgotten the Quaver Dog because they don't use him anymore. Yeah, do no, they? he had his own little game. Oh. I had that on the Amiga. It was all right. Hmm? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when you, were there any Coca Cola games? Uh, they never really had a mascot, as far as I can remember. Oh. Well, Father Christmas, but it, I'm sure I'm sure <laughs> they had to pay a lot of money to games. use him, right? <laughs> oh yeah, Pepsi Man. Oh yeah, Pepsi Man, PlayStation game. Good one, good shout. Yep. So yeah, I think like it's not beyond the realms of possibility that uh, McDonald's. I don't know, I guess my theory would be, be that they licensed the character for not much money with very stringent conditions mm. attached to what they could and couldn't do. Is there room for another McDonald's game? That's the question I want to ask. Well, the question is, I think, who would be in it? Because no one from McDonald's land is really around anymore. Even Ronald McDonald isn't really in the ads anymore because no, he's, really he's a creepy, into the background, isn't he's he? a creepy evil clown. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Well, I think you kind of touched on it earlier with like the lawsuits and you know the image problems that McDonald's have, and they're still struggling with that. To be honest, aren't they? I mean, even these days they're trying to sell salad, and who would go to McDonald's for salad? <laughs> so, I think for them to try and do this again would just be a big flop. Personally, what what games or what uh, company would you recommend it would work for then, Kev? In today's age. That's a good question. Uh, no one really has those cartoon mascots no, it's anymore. Just, it's a different climate, isn't it? It's just how it was then. There was a, Everyone had a mascot. It's a way to market stuff for kids and make money off games. And yeah, I mean, the, the, the advertising laws have changed so much. You'd really struggle to get away with much these days, wouldn't you? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what would be good, though. Like a Super Smash Brothers game where you bring out all the old mascots <laughs> in the 90s. It's some big beat-em-up. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't there it? There was an incredibly terrible film that um, uh, basically was one of the biggest money failures of all time where basically the whole plot of it was fast food and like mascots all lived in this one land and had to get together. Oh, and sounds and they actually familiar. got the actual licensed kind of mascots. And the plot was... They were trying to fight some own brand thing that was time trying to destroy mascots. <laughs> and Charlie Sheen voiced the lead character. Nice. Oh, is it a cart animation then? Yes. But it's, well... Is it so bad it's good? It's unwatchable. It's, right. So um, bad it's just bad. So is it like, like Tesco Value Man fights Ronald and the Colonel and the Burger We, we King. love an underdog story, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> it was... Um, Talk amongst yourselves while I pull this up on the internet. Okay. Oh, well, 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 Tesco well, Value Man. Oh, no. <laughs> I want to ask you about our car boot style McDonald's story really quickly, Kev. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, Adrian probably has more to add to this story because half of it is forgotten from my memory. But so me, me and Adrian used to do contests to uh, try and find the most random object at a car boot sale. We did. And there was a prize. And the prize was a... Ceramic car with a giraffe and a zebra. Yeah. With, a mean, light, with an aeroplane light sticking out. I say prize. This was a trophy. You <laughs> yeah. definitely wanted it in your house. One of the ugliest for things ever. For the next ever. year. And it was always, uh, funnily enough, on the Maybank holiday. It so was. today is the Maybank holiday. So we should have gone to a boot sale today and uh, got the prize out. We'd have our listeners that just too much. Um, but uh, yes, so so we would find random things. And one of the things that I found one year was some McDonald's plates. <laughs> And these were beautiful plates. And who, what, who were on these plates? Well, like actual China plates. No, they were plastic. They were plastic. Oh, plastic but they plates. had all the characters. They had all the characters ah. from McDonald's. Okay. They were, the f- they were pretty special. 
I'm finding it up. The film is called Food Fight, and it's. Well, Kevin hasn't finished his story yet. <laughs> and I think these these <laughs> did these win the prize. I think they did win the prize, didn't they? They did. Much to Alice's uh, my my wife's disappointment because I got the trophy and she had to put <laughs> it in your house. Yeah. The most hideous but great plates you've ever got <laughs> you've ever going to see. They were they were pretty good, and I think Adrian was very very jealous actually. Well, um, I know Rob is. Look at his face. He really wants his plates. <laughs> Have you still got them? I don't think so. Kaboo! Oh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this film is called Food Fight. Um, Charlie Sheen was Dex's dog detective and anthropomorphic dog nice. private investigator. Yep. And also Wayne Brady, Hilary Duff, Eva Longoria, and Christopher Lloyd. As men, was many other people who kind of like B and C level comedic actors. Sixty-five million budget. Um. I don't know if it even made 65,000 back. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> um, one last... Yeah, I guess there won't be any more McDonald's games, will there? I can't I see it. I You're doubt prob- it. Prob- there's probably like a mobile app or something that we aren't really aware of. Some kind of... Yeah. Well, I think kind of advertising for a lot game. of these companies has gone slightly differently now, hasn't mm. it? It's, you know, it's surreptitious kind of... I don't know. Yeah, I've still got the happy happy meal toys yeah. and whatnot. But yeah. But they just tie that in with whatever's Yeah, that's it. And out, there's like more kind of or something, whatever's out at the cinema and apps and stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, silly games on your phone. But Do you know what I wouldn't mind though, but just to finish off, um I used to play a game on the PC called Pizza Tycoon. It's a very, very good game actually. Um and you had to create your own pizza restaurant re- pizzeria you have to uh, obviously make your pizzas and sell them and design your cafe and you have to sort of bribe uh, people to help you and if you have to you can fund the mafia to, to destroy your competition it's actually very quite a clever deep game for I think it's like a mid 90s game um, I'd love it if they did, did that in a sort of McDonald's kind of vein like build up your Fast hamburger joint literally yeah. the game I was describing 15 minutes ago yeah it just <laughs> rang some bells but no honestly Pizza Tycoon is such a good game I have to say. And arguably educational. Apart from all the mafia kind of, you know. That 100% what happens in the real world, I'm sure. <laughs> Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch regarding this week's episode or anything else, you can tweet us at Arcade Attack UK, at Keith Barlow82, and at Arcade underscore Adriano. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Arcade Attack UK. Please check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots of retro gaming goodness, interviews, reviews, features, top 10s, etc. And you can also find all our previous podcasts there. Our podcasts are available to stream from the website and are available to download for free from Stitcher, Podbean and iTunes, where you can also leave us a review and a rating, which we would really, really appreciate. So until next time, take care and we'll speak to you soon.